Welcome back. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Elite Seller Show. And today's guest is none other than Anthony Lee. Anthony Lee, he has a long history in the Amazon e-com space. He's been working as a consultant. He's worked for Helium 10. He's worked for other software companies. He, uh, is cur he was currently working for uh, Canopy, just went back to doing his own thing again. So I'm going to let Anthony Lee uh, kick it off from here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Anthony, and we're going to be talking about Amazon TOS. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. First off for having me, uh, it is quite the honor to be interviewed by you. All right. So I guess for the people who who've never heard of me, which is, is more than likely uh, the majority of your listeners, my name again, Anthony Lee, uh, I started Amazon in 2014. It actually did surprisingly well, really fast. Uh, I did my homework. I did my research. I dug really, really hard into learning all the stuff that they don't teach you to learn uh, for Amazon specific businesses like market research and, you know, just learning all about the customer avatar and all this stuff. And I ended up building up a brand that sold like $24,000, $25,000 worth of revenue in my first three weeks. Uh, that was awesome. It was insane. That was an amazing year. We did really, really well. Shortly thereafter, got introduced by my mentor to some people who needed help on Amazon. That's when I became a consultant. Uh, and that was probably the best work I've ever done in Amazon because I took on way too many clients, more than I could handle, like seven, I think, at one time. And uh, I was on the phone with Amazon every day. I learned so much about Amazon by basically failing miserably at handling seven different accounts all at the same time. Uh, and I learned a ton there. And I helped a couple of those brands grow really, really well. It was awesome. Um, and then from there, worked for Zonblast, which later became Six Leaf, moved to Helium 10, Signalytics uh, for a time, and then most recently, Canopy Management. And now, uh, doing the free agent thing. And you honestly sound like you've never been happier before in your life, you know, just going back to being, being working for yourself. And obviously, all that experience oh, since 2014 till now has obviously helped you. You have a better understanding of Amazon than most gurus out there in the marketplace. You understand what needs to be done when it comes to optimizing a listing, how pictures should look, how to go into emerging marketplaces, how to deal with Amazon and all their nonsense, which is what we're primarily going to be talking about on this episode. And then above all else, building up a successful brand, you've consulted multiple people that built up eight figure brands and beyond on multiple occasions. And now you're back to being yourself, which is honestly, the best journey that I've heard of in, in, in many years. So uh, topic of this episode, Amazon TOS rules for me and not for thee. Uh, tell us, tell us what's going on, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite topics just because, all right. What's so funny is when you have a job in this space, you constantly, I mean, you have to know this, right? You have to know this because I'm sure you've heard it before. Constantly being told, Hey, um, be careful what you say about Amazon. We're trying to build a relationship here. We're trying to stay on their good side. We, you know, we want to invite the Amazon executives to the office kind of thing. Like, so be careful what you say. And I'm always the first one to be super critical. And then everybody's looking at me like, hey, you can't say that. Uh, and the reason is because Amazon doesn't play by their own rules. And like people speculate that, but then other people are like, nah, 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 it's not like that. Until you have somebody that just likes to cause trouble, like myself, go in there and actually run numbers, run scrapers, run software and, and find the evidence of it happening and then present it like, no, this is real. They're really doing this. This is them obviously not abiding by their own rules whatsoever. And that 
the only people that lose in that scenario are the third party sellers. So it kind of, it, it, it chaps me and I got to say something about it. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is facts and you have the evidence to do it. You're what I like to think of what you do um, when it comes to Amazon and calling them out or just it, it's considered true blue investigative journalism, which doesn't happen anymore in just the mainstream narrative, but let alone in these private sectors that we all work in. So I have to ask you, what is it, how did you get into this particular niche and becoming a subject matter expert and figuring out all the things that Amazon does, that they, how they violate, because you've, you've talked about this on LinkedIn videos, you have your, uh, your, Facebook, your Facebook videos that you put up and you've, you've shown on multiple occasions how Amazon breaks the rules. How did you go down this road? Um, well, so it started, first of all, becoming, a, I guess, a subject matter expert at Amazon just it happens as a product of like your literal job and interests and whole being at that time, I guess, being nothing but, you know, running tests and trying to figure out how Amazon works. So the whole thing for me has always been figuring out how the algorithm works, how can we better understand it to, you know, take advantage where we can as sellers. I wanted to understand uh, ranking, I guess, better than anybody. That's why I went so hard down that road and not down learning PPC like a lot of my, uh, my colleagues. Um, but in doing that, you can't help but notice things, right? You're like, wait, why, is, why does that say that? Why is, why is there orange lettering that, that draws attention to this brand over others? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's a that's sold by Amazon. That's interesting. And then why does the front page look like this? Oh, okay. Well, 85% of it is benefiting Amazon's brands. That's really interesting. You just, it's just completely, you can't spend as much time inside Amazon listings as I have and not start to notice these patterns. So that's kind of where that came from. I wouldn't necessarily say this is like a niche that I'm in. It's just like one of the things that I report on when kind of diving into Amazon as a whole. And um, I, I have gone down some rabbit holes though, just because it's like, uh, I think a couple of different uh, instances, there were reporters that wanted to talk to me and you know, you can't like reporters don't care what you think, they wanna see the evidence. So that's kind of when I was like, all right, well, I'll just go and show you what I mean. Um, and then grabbed a bunch of numbers and, and, and that's kind of how I ended up there, so. So what's the most egregious thing that you've seen Amazon do that's completely breaking their own rules and just screwing over Amazon sellers? Amazon in, gosh, all of it, all of it, right? So I think the last one that I made a video that got really popular about was them stealing the number one spot. I thought that was kind of messed up, right? Because like you can look at it and tell there's, there's, there's no justification via their algorithm for that. They just, they take that spot. Um, but, you know, this has been, they've been doing stuff for a while and you're just like, that's so messed up. Right. And it's like these little things, it's really hard to kind of blatantly point at, but then you can go, man, this kind of, this kind of makes sense that they would be motivated to do this. Right. So this started back years ago um, when like they refused to, they told everybody, Hey, these are our customers, not yours. Right. We're taking away their, their, their information. Cause when I started on Amazon, you could get all the customer data, including their phone number. And then they slowly started taking all that stuff away. And you're like, what, you know, they're making, they're drawing the line in the sand. But then when it comes to sales tax, they're like, oh no, 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 that's not our problem. And it's like, why is that not your problem? These are your customers. And they're like, no, no, no. In that respect, they're your customers. And 
the government had to get involved for that. But, you know, the, these guys are doing everything they can to own all the data and leave all of the expense to their third party sellers. And this has been happening forever. Most recent example of them. Have you seen how much um, removals have gone up? The removal orders? Yeah. Have you seen how much the prices have gone up on that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's skyrocketed. It's never gone up that high before. This is unprecedented numbers. I would say the most recent example of them just not giving a flip about third-party sellers is that right there, right? Because didn't they like the, the, everything that they do is 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 it almost feels like it's it's contrary to what would work out best for for sellers, right? So first, it's we're going to limit how much inventory you can have, and we're going to make this stop. And we're going to make this happen right now, right? So literally I had inventory on a boat on the ocean in the thousands before I found out that for that particular SKU, I was limited to about 164. So on the spot, I had to find a third-party uh, logistics supplier, right? And then give it a short year later. And they're like, now they're like, hey, if you want to remove your stuff, it's going to cost you like $1.50 a piece now. <laughs> Do you want us... To remove our stuff, like, I'm so confused. So yeah, Amazon's making me mad. It, it seems to me, right, if you're just looking at everything, and I can understand your frustration on that. That's absolutely just massively annoying and it just a giant screw you to all the third-party seller community. But if you're looking at it from, I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? I'm going I'm to pretend like I'm Amazon, right? So yeah, we thank you third-party sellers for helping us build up this platform and getting Amazon to become a household name. Unfortunately, we see all the money that you're making. We see how this could be beneficial to us and actually improve our bottom line and keep our and keep our investors happy. So we're going to do everything to squeeze you guys out in every single aspect, whether it's raising PPC, uh, PPC prices, advertising prices, whether it's costing you an arm and a leg to do this. If we can copy your brands and we can duplicate the same thing and we have all the connections, we have all the power, we can do that, right? So they're looking at it from a corporate perspective and the best way that they can see fit is like, we can allow these third-party sellers to continue to compete, even though that was the whole concept of us building FBA in the first place, but we're not going to allow this to be the most beneficial aspect of our business. Again, the variety is the spice of life, but why should we allow variety when we can have Amazon basics? So I'm gonna ask you, should Amazon basics even exist? I No, 100% no. And this is the reason why, okay? Totally understand. The motivations, while I might not necessarily agree with them, I understand the motivations from a corporate standpoint. We're not going to argue that. And that's the biggest argument everybody that tries to defend Amazon comes out there to say, right? They're always like, uh, hey, it's their sandbox. You play by their rules. Here's the thing, though. They have become essentially a monopoly, right? Despite the fact that there's supposedly laws uh, against that kind of thing, despite the fact that, you know, uh, I mean... Once upon a time, I heard a rumor that rich people are supposed to pay their fair share of uh, taxes too. And then I saw this report about Jeff Bezos. Like the point is, is I think we're foolish if we don't acknowledge the fact that billionaires are friendly with lawmakers. And there's all this like super high level stuff that happens behind the scenes. And this may or may not have anything to do with us on this level, but it does kind of trickle down. And so what you have is the system that has purposefully propped Amazon in a place where they cannot be competed with. If they are the majority, the monopoly in the space, then yes, that kind of stuff is a problem, right? It'd be different if it was a level playing field. 
if they were like, well, we're going to come out with our own brand, kind of like the grocery stores do. And, and then sellers could go, okay, well, I don't like that because you're selling products I sell. I'll just go to this other marketplace then. But that's not the, you can't, like, wh where are you going to go on Amazon? Where are you going to go, right? Like, who, who, where do you have even remotely a chance of getting half of the volume? It doesn't yeah, exist. There's, there's no other corner in, uh, of the marketplace that you could actively go to. It's like you could try to go on eBay. You could try to build up your own platform on Shopify, but that takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to do that. And then to get that consistent volume, consistent revenue, consistent stream of purchases, income, and the consistent you know visibility, uh, it's kind of hard to actually do that. And it becomes extremely frustrating. So when that does happen, when Amazon does decide to impede on a specific marketplace with their Amazon basics brand, where does the shadow suppression come into place and start slowly pushing you out? Because you already mentioned that they kind of love to steal uh, position one. They like to, they like to own that spot. In fact, you can even see it when you even do a regular search, you can see them constantly taking up space on a first page, editorial recommendations, uh, advertising platforms, Amazon basics on, on a lot of stuff competing with major brands. Where does shadow suppression come into existence? So right now, this is still just a theory, right? Um, but, and there's, and there's some conflicting information too, because I've talked to people who I respect in this uh, industry who have uh, like connections and things that I, I don't have. And they speak with authority that I, that I tend to take seriously. And, you know, with regard to the, the terms of service, which is the easiest way for Amazon to take action against third-party sellers, um, you know, they made, they shook everything up. They made a bunch of changes. And the thing is though, is there's, there's always the big changes and then there's the little changes that nobody really pays attention to. Um, one of them being a little, a, a message that got emailed to a couple of people. It didn't make the same rounds that all of these big changes made, right? It was maybe posted in a couple of Facebook groups and that was it. Got very quiet afterwards. And that's when Amazon basically told everybody, Hey, if you have a product that has um, reviews that we think are suspect, we're going to throttle visibility to that, right? So they basically outright admitted that they have the ability to throttle visibility, which is something I've actually sensed for a while, just paying attention to sessions, how like magically one day a product can get a bajillion sessions, even though you're not doing any external marketing. And like, where does that come from? And then all of a sudden, like you have days where the, se the sessions are literally the same number every single day for like two weeks. And you're like, that's very weird to be organic. I've always suspected that Amazon controls distribution uh, of traffic, but here they are admitting to it with this seemingly innocuous thing, right? Where they're like, okay, well, they've, they've always disliked. Uh, you know, shady reviews. And it's like, well, hold on a second. You already have all these other mechanisms in place, right? You can suspend the seller or you can suspend the, the buyer who left the review. You can wipe out the reviews. You can actually make it to where people can't leave a review for that product, right? Which has been like the, the bane of people's existence for a while. That, that sucks when you have that because you don't like have a timer. You don't know how long it lasts for. Um, but now all of a sudden they're saying, they're going to throttle traffic. And then weeks go by and all the big changes happen. Nobody pays attention to that. But now you have to sit there and think about it for a second. Like, are they going to turn around and just start mass suspending everybody that they suspect has maybe gotten on, you know, some people got on your listing through an external URL that's, that's against terms of service now. And some people say, yeah, that's absolutely what they're going to do. 
but this just this doesn't seem scalable and this seems like it would be very difficult to enforce outside of like maybe a small group to kind of make an example out of the much easier way to handle that would be this shadow suppression so if we look at the fact that we know that they can do it they've admitted they can do it and they've also given you the uh reasonable expectations outwardly that you can expect this to be done it's not hard to stretch that into okay well there are other terms of service where this could absolutely come into play and i feel pretty confident that that'll end up being where it ends up going because they've already shown a reluctance in the past to just suspend everybody. I mean, think about how long it took everybody complaining about all of these bad actors not getting suspended for years before they finally took action. So I think that's the direction we're going. And, but we also know that Amazon takes actions that favors Amazon over third-party sellers. So imagine if they just have the ability to completely control all the traffic it's not unreasonable to think that you know that that suppression is never going to happen on their products. Well, well, they're letting the bad players continue to go and do the things that they're doing because it's not affecting the company's bottom line. It's actually increasing company revenue across the board. They really don't care. It's only when the government comes into place and actually calls Amazon out on their on their on their shit. That's when they actually take action, saying, "Okay, you're actively affecting us because now it's become mainstream media. It's become mainstream news, and this happens." time after time, every almost every single year, something comes out about Amazon and then they end up doing their massive crackdowns, which they do, which always happen in the month of October or November. It's always in Q4, right before the holiday season, because they know that's when the most amount of profit's gonna come in. They're still not gonna lose their, their bottom line. Their bottom line is still going to get padded uh, regardless of the situation, but they'll absolutely cripple sellers uh, when that happens. And you know, some of the sellers are, they know what they're doing. They know that they're breaking the rules. So. And Amazon also knows that they're breaking the rules. I want to ask you, what other indicators do they, does Amazon or you think that Amazon looks for when it comes to shadow suppression? Because you've already mentioned uh, reviews. What other ways are they actually looking into this? Um, again, the their ability to control the traffic, that's different from the fact that they're able to do it. And the fact that I think that they will do it is different from what they're looking for to trigger some kind of action in the first place. Uh, so how they'll actually react to that action, we still don't know yet because we haven't seen a huge wave of suspensions. And we also haven't seen a huge wave of people saying, hey, all of a sudden my bestseller is like went from 30 sales a day to zero. So, uh, I mean, that does happen, but we haven't seen like mass amounts yet. So it looks like uh, whatever they're going to do is slow rollout. But what I think are triggers um, actually, it's not even about what I think. Some of the people that I've talked to that are very, adamant about the fact that they have insiders letting them know, um, have told me like what Amazon will be looking for. So apparently they have built a mechanism specifically to track the use of keyword embedded URLs or other manipulated URLs that bring traffic to listings. Um, I'm not a coder, so I have no idea like the feasibility of that, but that's what I've been told. So apparently that's one thing that they're going to do is they're actually going to be looking at the referring URLs uh, to make sure that to see whether or not they're they're any kind of manipulation. Supposedly, all URLs that have any kind of a embedded keyword in them outside of the canonical are considered manipulation in this particular you know setup. I cannot confirm. Uh, you know, again, Amazon hasn't taken action yet, but this is what I've heard. Uh, aside from that, um, I think and the, and that the key is is not yet, not yet. So. 
this, for those of you that are that are listening to this, this was a recent uh, TOS shakeup as of last year, October 14th, uh, 2021, right? And this, this was just a massive call out to all softwares in the industry, all sellers in the industry that are using anything that be, could be perceived uh, as, as rank manipulation, keyword manipulation, sales manipulation, BSR manipulation. And uh, that had a massive shakeup in the industry. Um, what I wanna know in your thought process is since Amazon hasn't brought the hammer down yet, what do you speculate will happen to all the sellers that don't know what to do and that continue using the same tried and true tactics over and over again, year over year or month over month um, that they've been using prior to the shakeup and are continuing to do that now? This has played out so many times in the past. This has been, I came up in the launch space. This is where, this is where I come from, right? My very first job in this industry was for Zonblast, which was one of the first launch platforms that there was, right? So I've seen this play out every time. Amazon, this isn't the first time Amazon has made a terms of service uh, change uh, that impacted a strategy. So how it works, they make the change, they make it known publicly, they tell everybody, hey, we're gonna start enforcing this. A bunch of people still do what they're doing, right? Because, I mean, they know this is what works and uh, they don't know what to do. and. It's, it's hard to find new strategies because you have to, I mean, it took me a couple of years to actually figure out what to do out after coupons died. Uh, so it could take that long. Um, so I understand why they're doing it, but they do it for a while. Amazon comes in and starts suspending people. I think that they purposefully only pick like just a handful of super obvious low hanging fruit. And this is, this is serving, this is going to serve as the example, right? Because they know that all those people are going to spread the word and then you're going to see it all over, you know, the ASGTG group and all the other big groups are going to come out and talk about like, Hey, this is happening. Enforcement's happening. Uh, We know this person got suspended. They're going to show the letters that they get sent by email and, and, and word's going to get out. At that point, after some massive suspensions, things are going to hang back. I do not believe, and the only reason is because they've, they haven't done this in the past very often to, to any high amount. Uh, first thing you have to understand, Amazon does everything and nothing, right? It, it, there's a spectrum. You can land anywhere on it. In the past, though, they haven't to a large degree. Yes, I'm sure it's happened, but they haven't to a large degree gone in there and got everybody that they saw did stuff a year ago before they knew it was bad and then decided to retroactively. So they're, but every time there's a terms of service, there are people out there that want to stir up fear because that gets clicks and they tell people, Hey, you could be in danger because they could look back at your account, which you did a year ago. Uh, I don't believe this going to happen. It might happen to like one guy and we're going to hear all about it and that's going to suck for him. But I don't believe that they're going to actually do that because they haven't done that in massive action in the past. Right. It's the boogie monster in the closet. Right. So, but the same thing's playing out, right? We have the people stirring fear. That's the extreme on one side. We have the people ignoring it. That's the extreme on the other. Amazon will come somewhere in the middle. They'll suspend a boatload of people. Everybody will freak out and then We'll see another slew of articles go out and, yep, that's the nail in the coffin. Rebates and ranking manipulation and super URLs are no longer a thing. Even though that's already happened, we already got those articles out of the way. It's going to happen again because history keeps repeating itself. This is all played out before. And then they're going to ease back and there's still going to be a ton of people doing it. And they're going to be like, 
tricking themselves and their clients into thinking they're doing something magical that's different. And that's why Amazon hasn't caught them. It's just that Amazon doesn't feel like enforcing it. Like they're doing it for show to get the majority of people to stop. The rest of them, they're not really that worried about. We've seen this. I mean, we've seen it. We know this happens, right? Right. They're making an example of, uh, of a company or, or a seller. And then, and you know, and there'll be a bunch of people, there'll be a bunch of people on all continents that continue to do it. And then there'll be a bunch of people in the US that are going to blame it all on Chinese sellers because that's how it play, plays out every time. And, but it'll be a small, a small fraction of people that still do it. And that's why Amazon does, is, you know, isn't going to worry about it until it becomes a problem again. Uh, meanwhile, there'll be developers that figure out some like massively cool new system that totally seems above board that will one day be against terms, but is not currently today due to the letter of the law. And mo- the majority of people will move over to that. But I think somewhere in the middle, what we won't see and we won't hear about so much or be confusing is uh, they're going to start utilizing technology like the shadow suppression technique um, to enforce where they don't have to expend the, the manpower to do all of this show, right? And so that's just going to, across the board, make it harder for people to grow. So you're going to have new sellers come in and they're going to hear from, you know, this Black Hat Masterclass, you know, hey, go do rebates and build this funnel in ManyChat and blah, 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 blah redirect, redirect everywhere. And Amazon will never know. And they'll launch and then it won't work. And everybody will be like, why is this not working? And it's because Amazon knows what you're doing, (laughs) but they just decided to make it to where you don't get crap for traffic. (laughs) Yeah. They've closed up. uh, They've closed up that, that, that hole in their, uh, in their system. What I honestly think is this is this is like a unique cycle right when it comes to amazon and especially when it comes to launching when it comes to ranking when it comes to sales right there's the blatant tos violation of of breaking the rules then there's the innovative side of the amazon community that comes up with unique strategies to help amazon sellers work because of the way that the algorithm is set up to actually play in favor to that amazon doesn't like it when people do that so they close that avenue off so then the community comes up with a new strategy that actually works. It starts getting widely adopted. People start using it. Gurus start selling courses about it. People become very rich either off of using the tactics or selling the courses. And then it continues in this cycle where Amazon will close it down. We'll come up with a new strategy. So with that being said, since URLs, uh, rebates are pretty much dead in the water, URLs are dead in the water. Where do you foresee the next opportunity for Amazon sellers to actively use a unique strategy that's going to one, help them rank organically, help them actually get traffic, help them actually build a brand off of Amazon while on Amazon. Because again, this is all about being an e-com seller, not an Amazon seller, even though it's an Amazon-based podcast. Uh, We want you to diversify. Where is this going to take it? And when it does expand, will Amazon actually be able to clamp down this time? Um, So I think that there's a million different directions you could go. One of the avenues that I don't think has been fully explored yet is uh, influencers. I think that influencer marketing has kind of touched the surface, but I feel like um, we're poised in this particular industry, particularly talking about Amazon and growing Amazon sales, to to really dive into that harder uh, because nobody's, very few people have done it to a level that's like, okay, this is like, this is getting really real results. There are a couple of guys, awesome guys in the space that have been preaching this forever, but 
you know, I guess because it's less, it takes longer and it's less sexy than things like rebates that they've always been kind of pushed to the back of the room. But I think we're going to start seeing a resurgence of like people finally realizing, okay, this is a viable option. We should really kind of dive into that. It, for the time being, it aligns with Amazon's goals too, because Amazon's trying to push really hard for posts and for, for Amazon lives to grow. Right. So they've shown that they want to grow the, the social aspect of their platform. So I think while they're moving in that direction and then good teachers are teaching good strategies for influencer marketing uh, for a little while it'll align and i think people who jump on that trend will probably see you know some good things happen it'll it'll become perverted and somebody will build like a mechanism where you can get social traffic um you know that's spoofed right like somebody will hack the Gibson and figure out how to make like a URL that makes it look like you bought from Amazon live. Right. And then that'll be like the invoke thing because it's faster. And then Amazon will clamp down on that because at some point they're going to adopt. Um, I heard. So once, I mean, we're years out from this, but once upon a time I saw that Google was working on uh, a way to actually judge authority from social profiles. Right. So that means that somebody clicks on a link, that was put in a social post, Google will start, it hasn't happened yet, but they'll start looking at the actual engagement and followership of that influencer. And then it'll give it a weight because of, of that. When Google does that a year or so, maybe a couple of years down the road, that'll be the same mechanism that Amazon uses to clamp down on fake social traffic if that ever actually happens and becomes a thing, which I think it probably will. Yeah, obviously using that strategy, whatever kind of technology that gets created as a way to essentially put in checks and balances to make sure that people aren't manipulating the system. What it honestly comes down to in my in my thought process, right? And I'm just going to uh, play a different version of devil's advocate is like Amazon's actively trying to legitimize themselves, right? They understand that they're like, let's face facts, man. Amazon is like the, the, the fast, easy and cheap website when you want to go find something that if you forgot about your wife's birthday, you can easily go get a gift in less than an hour. And it's probably faster than going down to the dollar store or Walmart or something like that, or wherever you plan on buying. Um, that's how I look at Amazon, in my opinion, as a seller, right? It's a great platform for business, but it's also a dumpster platform at the same time for a bunch of Chinese products. Uh, I'll just straight up say that. Where I think they're actively trying to do is legitimize themselves and make themselves have valid social presence and respectability worldwide as not just this global global conglomerate or this uh, giant package packaging warehouse system of warehouses. So they're forcing people to legitimize their brands, which again is giving more validity not only to the sellers, but to Amazon as a platform. So the real question is, is Amazon even worth it? I mean... Here's the thing. It depends on how you look at it, right? If you're coming in this like Amazon is the big, easy, quick money, it's going to change all everything. Um, I don't know, man. Like that's, that's, a, that's a scary way to look at it. But if you look at it the way I think everybody should look at it, and it's just another distribution channel. Yes, it's the one that currently has the monopoly over all the others. But nonetheless, it's a distribution channel. Then, yeah, I mean... Because look, e-commerce obviously isn't going anywhere. It's only getting bigger. It's only getting more of the market share, right? So if we know e-commerce is sticking around, then it doesn't make sense to, to sell stuff online and not, if you have the ability, sell it on Amazon too. What I think might not be worth it is going, is, is kind of the, 
what I was sold seven years ago with the go all in on Amazon, maybe, may, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe tread cautiously towards that at this point, right? Um, instead, start with a holistic view in mind, right? If you're going to sell stuff online, you might as well sell on Amazon, but Amazon doesn't have to be the only place you go, especially you know, if you happen to find a niche within a niche in one of these other marketplaces, right? You have a super uh, cute or adorable product that would do really, really well on Etsy, for example, like definitely, you know, you could literally, I know people who have had products fail on Amazon and turn around on other marketplaces. And for whatever reason, it just worked there. Um, That's the majority of individuals won't have that same exact experience, but Nonetheless, you know, a distribution channel is a distribution channel. Worst case scenario, selling it on your website, you could grow the next couple of years, learn SEO and actually figure out how to make it work there. So if the stuff doesn't work on Amazon, hey, whatever. You, that was just a stopgap to get you to where you need to be, which is, you know, growing on your website. When I think just to summarize everything that we've, we've covered over this conversation is that Amazon makes rules that will then be enforced that crack down on sellers because sellers come up with unique and innovative ways to actually drive sales because obviously this is an investment. They want to recoup their money, right? What that crackdown does, which triggers more innovation, which in this case, in the last couple uh, cycles of Amazon TOS is going to drive more innovation off of Amazon to bring more traffic to Amazon. Because again, you're going to have all the legacy sellers that have done the same thing over and over again for many, many years that have no, that they're, they're essentially a trained dog. They have no other way of actually doing things. They're going to continue doing it that way for a very long time, right? Until, until like the, the wheels fall off their vehicle. And then you're going to have new sellers that come on that are just fresh, fresh, wet behind the ears, come up with very innovative, creative strategies using social media, especially TikTok. Uh, Cause Anthony, Lee, he's, he's on TikTok all the time. He's always dancing, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, which again, all these new social platforms, they're going to find massive volume and massive, uh, they're going to find massive volume of people that are just going to actively be behind their brand and want to actually purchase that and gain a following, gain a respectable credibility that a lot of the other brands in the past never really had. No, I, I, I do a hundred percent agree with that sentiment. The fact is people ever since I started on Amazon, myself included have been telling people, the best long-term play is to look at this as a full brand uh, strategy that you can grow. And so many of the gurus make more money by selling you the Amazon only dream. So they'll tell you, don't waste your time, don't waste your time, don't waste your time. And it's like, okay, I feel like you're probably incentivized to say that crap. Um, But it's a classic life lesson, right? They're telling you to put all your eggs in one basket and you know better but you still do it anyway because they're selling you a pretty picture with some, with some nice screenshots and some beautiful numbers of this is how much money that you could have. This is the lifestyle that you could have. That's why I have a lot of respect for the people that are in this game, in this business that have actually shown the humility and the success and have managed to branch out. Like Carlos Alvarez, for example, he's, he's always said, you know, um, you, can, you can have, uh, it's good to have an e-commerce game, but it's also good to have an Amazon game. And again, Paul Barron, he's been a guest on the show. He talks about a holistic approach to uh, social media engagement through, my, uh, through nano influencers, which will actually link those episodes up in the corner so that you guys can rewatch those. Uh, it's great information. Um, and this is going the holistic route, going the organic route, going like the quote unquote boring route. You can go fast or you can go steady, right? So which way do you want to go? 
right? Yeah. So like on that note though, I, I, I want to say what's interesting is, I don't know. It's like the, like you said, people just want to recoup their investments. So they're doing what they can to be innovative and, and jump in there in Amazon. Cause Amazon has so much traffic. It's just like, it's just like a fire hose. And if you can just get a, a cup, a piece of your cup or your bucket in that stream, you can make, you can make it so, so quickly back. But I'll tell you the stuff that you never see people talk about and these changes to the TOS for a little bit of time here, this is a great opportunity for everybody to wake up and realize you need to do this because when somebody creates the next tool, it's going to take everybody's attention back and put it on what's fast on Amazon. It's going to be all over again. But the stuff that you don't see that people are making massive success with, the things like um, Google SEO. I know guys that have brands that are in the high seven and eight figures, and all they do is they launch a web, an actual website for every single brand and they have like some some sneaky seo ninjas in the background that just i mean they they just win on google and when they win on google all traffic redirects back to their amazon listings and they're killing it and this is the boring super like technical stuff that nobody like oh it's just so much easier to do like many chat flows but you know, really it's, it's, I mean, it's not, you have to learn how to build those too. So it's like, I mean, where do you want to put your attention, right? Like where, where do you like, you know, stop and take a look and, and, and realize what opportunities you have. You're going to probably, you, you probably can't walk away from this without learning new technical skills. So just figure out which technical skills are going to be the most profitable and, and just dive in, go all in that. Don't go all in on Amazon, go all in and learning whatever technical skill you need to learn to figure out how to drive traffic to your offer. That is the future of whatever brands you, you know, on e-commerce you decide uh, to open. Yeah. And that's, that's a very powerful statement that you said. And, and just like full disclaimer, right? We don't, we're not trying to, we're not here to shit on Amazon in this case. We, we both sell on Amazon. We understand the frustration of what it's like to actually sell on Amazon. And we understand that, you know, things are not always fair on this platform, but the whole purpose of this call is to help you guys build a better brand for yourself. So we're telling you about everything that has happened, what has happened in the past, what potentially could happen in the future and ways to combat that. And obviously going the very boring route, building a solid brand that's going to actually help you win the long game. Because again, you can look at this as a short-term quick, uh, get rich, get rich quick strategy where you can do a Amazon land grab and you can try to suppress out, you can try to push everybody out and you could use all these tactics that we just mentioned that are 100% against terms of service and you could get your money back quick or you could lose everything in, in a massive windfall. Um, or you can just do the slow and steady approach and actually build up a legitimate presence that has arms and legs that actually spread across the internet and that people can actually respect and they'll actually come back and buy it again and again. Yes. Yes to that. <laughs> yes to yeah. that. Anthony, I want to thank you for your time. If you guys want to get a hold of Anthony, all his information is going to be in the bio. You're going to see little uh, tickers pop across the bottom with his email address, profile. You can watch him dance on TikTok and on 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 LinkedIn. Uh, if you're interested, you like this, uh, you like this show, give it a like, give it a, give us a follow or subscribe, whatever it's called. Uh, head on over to EliteSeller.com. Uh, you can use the you can use the promo code that's in the description. Get 15% off for life. And as always, thank you for being on the Elite Seller Show, Anthony. Love having you on here, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, dude.